Welcome to Your Security, a podcast on walking victimless in today's world. I'm your host, Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware no matter where you are or where you go. Welcome. It's been a long week, and we're getting close to the end. Just hang on. Believe it or not, yes, believe it or not, there was a mass shooting. You probably didn't even hear about it because we're all paying attention to the coronavirus. And it is, uh, you know, coronavirus is a deal. It's a big thing for sure. But when Canada has their largest active shooter event, well, that's something to to take note of. At least 22 people have been confirmed dead after a gunman went on the killing spree in Canada's deadliest mass shooting. It went on for 12 hours. This is crazy. In Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. That's right. Well, it's really interesting that this guy would do this. He's a 21-year-old guy. Um, and I'm not really happy about this name. Um, uh, his name is Gabriel Wartman. And he went on this killing spree. This is on Sunday morning, and I have no idea why. But the problem is mass shootings and active shooters is not something of the past and is not something that only the United States faces. It's something that every place can face. And it has nothing to do with guns, really. It's um, it's a person's mindset. It's their heart. And we must be prepared for it. You know, I mentioned this many, many times, especially the very beginning of this podcast. We must be alert we must stay uh, stay aware. We must have a plan, no matter where we go or where we are. So, in your in your travels, and granted, because of coronavirus, we're not doing a lot of that, the traveling part. But when you go out of your house, we must be paying attention to everything, not just the virus. And so, the problem is, we do face a, a lot of stress. We have a lot of stress around us regarding the the. The virus, and so because of that, we're f- our focus is on gloves and masks and washing and social distancing, and these are all fine and dandy. But criminals aren't paying attention to this. Criminals are looking for people who are paying attention to all the other stuff and not them. Why? Because they work on the fringe of what is going on. They don't work within the normal frame of our reality, of a law-abiding society. They work outside of it. So when they see somebody paying so much attention to keeping the rules, you know, that it gives them a clue that you may be ripe for a victim, being a victim. So how can you do, or what can you do to avoid this? Well, you can be much more alert and aware. Look up, look around, stop thinking about your hands, stop washing your hands obsessively. Look up around in the parking lot, pay attention to what's going on, who's coming closer to you, who's moving away, who's parking in where, in what directions. If people are acting strange, in other words, not fitting within the framework of wherever you are, you know, if you're in a parking lot, people are supposed to act a certain way. And if those people aren't doing that, then that is a key, uh, a, a red flag to tell you something is wrong and you must pay attention to it. Crime has not stopped. This is, that is the sad reality of things. 
But a lot of times we all believe it has, and we would love for it to be that way, that crime would no longer continue. But it, it's here. It, it's it's never it has never stopped. Denver Post um, post posts <laughs> twelve hours ago that crime dips dramatically in Denver during the coronavirus, but some offenses are on the rise. Yeah. Some offenses. Go online, find out. It is not that. Um, it is not like that. Crime has disappeared. It's just moved. It's changed names. It's got into different areas. <coughs> crime is still there. The bad guys will find a way to do something that is not acceptable. Uh, El Paso, a sheriff office, arrests a man suspected of possession of child pornography. Oh, this is a very good point. During this time, we must be paying attention to our children and what they are doing and at home because the criminals will be finding ways to attack us and finding ways to get into our homes. One of those ways is through the Internet. And if we're not paying attention to that, we can be uh, – we open ourselves up to, to a lot of um, risk and a lot of risk through our internet, through our children's internet. So let's pay attention to this. Let's pay attention to this. Um, let's be, learn ways to avoid these sort of threats. What else? FBI concerned uh, about potential for hate crimes during the coronavirus pandemic. I, I find that this could be true. I don't know. And I'm reading this straight off Google. And this is a good idea for you to do at least once a day, um, to go online, find out what are the trends going on in your neighborhood or in your state. There's this app, and I've mentioned it multiple times before. It's called Nextdoor. That also helps identify any kind of trends that are going <laughs> that are going on. Um if there is any concern that you have, any questions regarding crime, please let me know. I'd love to get on the phone with you. Uh, we can talk about how to avoid or how to prepare your home uh, for uh, to better prepare your home to avoid these kind of threats. Reducing your risk, okay? Reducing your risk, and that is key. We are on. Uh, what what episode is this? You know, normally I talk about episodes right off the bat. Episode is fifty seven. This is Wednesday, April twenty second, day thirty eight of the coronavirus response. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, you're probably gonna say, "What in the world?" <laughs> the coronavirus has been found in our eyes. On, a, on the website contagiononline.com, the news says eyes have the Nobel, uh, Nobel Prize winner. The Nobel coronavirus, and it can be communicable. So I guess if we blink our eyes too hard, we could actually shoot out ninja tear ducts or tear squirts that have uh, coronavirus hiding in them and it could attack people around us yes and if that wasn't enough let me tell you what else this is might this might come to a surprise to you but in the new york post uh on an article posted on april 20th it says that 
actual farts, that's right, uh, toots, <laughs> uh, could actually carry also coronavirus in the gas that we pass. So <laughs> I don't know if you're um, you're concerned about that, but if you're in the neighborhood and you're and you you smell a fart, you might want to take care of that. I, I was with a friend of mine, and we were talking about masks, and he had a special mask he had purchased online, and it had these different you know panels he could take out and remove and wash and stuff like that. And I was just you know he was he was excited about it. He was fantastic. He he was. Um, concerned that he was, the, he wanted to know whether or not he had gotten the right kind of mask. And I thought it was a really cool mask. I don't know if it was the right kind or not. And then he mentioned that um, it, it, you could wash it and all these different features in it. And it, and it looked really cool. It was a neo, neoprene type mask, so it looked soft. But then I said, well, if you want to know if it works, spray something in the air. If you can smell it, then it's not working. So <laughs> it's the odor molecules, right? It's a great way of fi figuring it out. If you can smell something other than your nasty breath, now I'm not going to say you're all nasty breath. I'm sure you probably have tic-tac in your mouth. You're taking, uh, chewing some sort of gum to help your, your breath as you wear your mask. But if you, you do that, um, but if you can smell an odor outside of your mask, then most likely your mask is not doing what it could or should be doing to protect you from any kind of floating virus. Still talking about crisis management, because I think this is a great time to talk about crisis management during this whole period. Now that we're on day 38, um, every day it seems as though one of the main focuses has been communication. And you know what? As a stakeholder, that's all we see. That's all we see. And we should recognize that as security professionals and as uh, corporate managers, we must understand that our stakeholders only see what is being communicated. So it is super important, extremely important for us to have a very clear communication a very concise uh, communication, and a very consistent communication. <laughs> That's right. So if, if by any chance, some information were uh, to change, it's important for the crisis management team to come out and make that correction as soon as possible. Because what happens when it isn't, um, the concern of everybody else is is the veracity of all information that comes out of the crisis management team. If one or two pieces of information changes and the crisis management team forgets or lets it slide or it's not that important they consider, then the people on the receiving end, the stakeholders, have the, 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 the concern that perhaps not everything is being told to them. And when that happens, whenever they see a variation of the information, well, it, conf it confirms their fears that the information they're receiving is not entirely true. And this is a bad thing. So one of the things I was going to po point out was uh, AP News put out an article that said that the hydrochloroquine uh, uh, drug was not uh, effective to address COVID-19. And in fact, they mentioned that it had uh, killed some patients, uh, VA patients that they had tested it on. Well, at first glance, everything is terrible. 
You know, the crisis management team, i.e. the White House, has come out and told us one thing. And then the VA, not the VA, the, uh, the AP News desk has told us something completely different. Well, who's at fault? Who's, who's telling us the truth and who's not? <coughs> well, here, we, here goes the, the big bomber. So AP News, not that they were telling us a complete lie, but the report said that the hydrochloroquine uh, drug was applied to people that were already almost terminal. They were people that had already been intubated, and it's already recognized that if once a person becomes intubated, it is a person who is very close to uh, becoming uh, uh, dying. Actually, so the this applying the 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 test drug toward the end of the person's life does not make a good study. And then apparently they applied uh, the hydrochloroquine or they applied other drugs to the people that survived. So it, it, it wasn't a complete, it wasn't a very good test. It uh, had a lot of holes. It wasn't blind test test. And, um, but AP ran with it. And, and you know, this is, this is the problem that I have. AP, ABC, NBC, CBS, and even Fox sometimes, I've noticed that they run with pieces that are more opinion than they are truth, 100% truth. And so because they they print opinion as 100% truth, well, we're left holding the bag and wondering whether what information the news is actually giving us. And here's a question for you, and this is off the security subject, the crisis management subject. But if a news agency no longer reports news but opinion, are they a news agency? That's a good question, something we need to, to consider. I mean, if we're all going to be talking opinions, then everybody has an opinion. It's kind of like uh, butt cheeks. Everyone has butt cheeks, just like everyone has an opinion. Hmm. What can we do? So it is that favorite time of the day. It is numbers day or numbers time. So we take this time to look at the numbers that are being reported at John Hopkins University and the New York City Health Department. So John Hopkins University and these numbers, they refer to the death toll in New York City of from the COVID-19 virus, okay? So this, these are numbers that come from, they're supposed to be numbers of the death of people in New York City from COVID-19, right? So we have two websites, John Hopkins University and the New York City Health Department. Now, what do you think should be the numbers? Now, if, if one says 10, the other one should say 10, right? They're, they are reputable organizations. They should have the same numbers. <clears throat> so let's go with John Hopkins first. 16,388. That is of today. 16,388. New York City has reported 15,411. That gives us a delta of 977. That's right. Okay, I get it. You know, one hospital may not have reported or two hospitals may not have reported. No, the Delta is 977, almost a thousand people different. So I find that to be 
really, really odd. Now, something I did notice on the New York City's health department was a, was two things, actually. So as of about three, four days ago, they started changing the way they reported the deaths. So before it was one number, now there's two numbers. There is a number called confirmed deaths, and those represent the deaths that they have confirmed that they died of COVID-19. And then they have another pair of numbers, a set of numbers called probable deaths. And these deaths are the deaths of people that possibly could have died of COVID-19. So in their confirmed deaths, that's 10,290, so even a greater disparity. But um, I did find it really interesting the to look at... Um, some more information on that page and the links of these pages will be on the website on the website on the description below it said data collection differences so one the state department of health records data on deaths from the state hospital emergency response data system daily calls to hospitals and other uh, facilities that are caring for patients such as nursing homes and the new york city health department reports data that reflect both positive tests of COVID-19 confirmed by laboratories and confirmations of pe persons' deaths from the City Office of Medical Examiner and our Bureau of Vital Statistics, which is responsible for the registration. This is here. Here's the good part. Due to the time required by the city to confirm that a death was due by COVID-19, the city's reported total for any given day is usually lower than the state's number. So we're not talking about John Hopkins comparing John Hopkins to the New York City. We're talking about the um, New York City's health de department numbers and the state of New York's health department numbers. So completely different numbers. I'm appreciative of this website in that it is defining what could be the reason for some of these variances, but it still does not help us with the big difference between John Hopkins University and New York City's health department. I would assume that New York City's health department is closer, but uh, a lot of people are referring to John Hopkins University as the be-all, end-all and uh, in numbers. So we'll see. We'll see which ones uh, wins in the end. And what are you doing to be healthy mentally and physically? Are you are you going out? Are you exercising? I'm telling you what. Uh, today was hotter than yesterday. And um, it was hard to go outside, actually. I only went outside to go to the grocery store to get some apples for the home. Uh, apparently, I got the wrong apples. They're a little bit bitter. They're green apples. So I'm going to use those apples later today to make um, like an apple pie. I saw this great recipe on TikTok. Yes, yes, I know. I watch TikTok. I, I'm on TikTok, TikTok and I saw this awesome recipe on how to make McDonald's apple pies. Now, I don't know how good they are, but I'll tell you later because that's what I'm going to be making today. So how am I doing? Again, I'm sticking to a, a routine. I'm staying positive. I'm talking to other people. I'm being social. Today, I went out to the church's office and I helped record the Sunday service for church. Super excited about it. Can't wait for this Sunday. If you have the opportunity, go to Facebook, go to Hosanna Woodlands, and you can see every Sunday 
our our um, our service. And for the Sunday, that is going to be. Let's see here. When is the Sunday? <coughs> the Sunday. Hold on a second. Sunday the twenty sixth. That'll be me. I'll be on there. We're going to be talking about being a father during this time of the COVID response. Um, I hope you uh, tune in and watch us a little bit online. I'd like that a whole, whole lot. Remember, it is not a nice world out there, even though the the virus is out there and uh, there's a lot of people talking about them. Uh, crime is still out there and we must be alert. We must be um, cautious of what's going on. I encourage you guys to have some sort of security device or some sort of security protection on your homes. If not, uh, have a great a crime watch, neighborhood crime watch. I'm a total believer of that as a police officer in Dallas. I know that they are very, um, they're worth it. I mean, they're, they're very effective against crime. So if you have one, engage them. If not, then get yourself an IP ring, a doorbell like ring. Uh, Amazon has great services online. <clears throat> or go with ADT, which is one that I suggest. And that way, it's always being monitored by someone else. And, um, and you can monitor yourself. It's just a, a great all-around feeling to know that you're not alone, that you have um, your house is being monitored for any sort of weird activity that might go on. Take care of your family, take care of yourself, and forever remember that you are security. Security.